It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. So with that, it's time to play right here, a new game of... CVC. Bushline? What is that? Bushline Beauty. Bushline Beauty. I yeah, gotta keep we, that in mind. Yeah, we, we, we do cosmetics, Bernie. We I don't leave the house without some sort of Bushline Beauty product. <laughs> <out here. laughs> we got, we got, got cologne. I got a cologne. Got I, got, I got, you know, I got, I got uh, some... They're vegan, too. So okay. they're vegan-based cosmetics. I, I need that cologne because Bull's moving away from me. He's <laughs> yeah. distancing himself from my odor right That's now. Okay? Yeah. I've got the big beak here, all right? It's part, it's partly why hey, I don't, not bigger than mine, Bernie. All right, so 3 o'clock, the barbershop. Don't miss it. Yeah. 3 o'clock, the barbershop right now at 11.57 a.m. on this lovely Thursday afternoon. It's time to play a little game of No Fence Riders, Browns, Colts edition. Bernie has never been a guest with us when we've done No Fence Riders. This will be... His first test into the no fence rider realm. Bernie, it's a yes or no answer. There's no in between. You got to pick a side of the fence, and you are going to be the first to answer these questions as our guest. Then I'll tell you how the rest of the lovely panel (laughs) answered. Steve, are you ready to take the first question of no fence riders? Bernie Kozar, will a Browns receiver catch a touchdown pass this weekend versus Indy through five games? In totality, the Browns receivers have one touchdown catch. And I know that's embarrassing, but. In totality, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm looking at. I'm looking at uh, Big G here with his thumbs down there, and I, I want to. Don't read into that. I'm not reading into okay. that. I'm going. I'm Mr. Positive. I'm going yes. So he <laughs> says yes. yes. Bernie says yes. Bernie is I'm, joining the party on the yes side of the fence because not only did Bernie say yes, but so did Earl G. Tyvis, Bull J. And myself, Jason, Jason still angry not Jason, uh, uh, the uh, only one who well, thinks the streak continues. I, I know what Jason would say if he were here, because this is what he always does when he answers a question like this. <clears throat> history tells me they won't. So I'm yeah. going with history. Actually, history, they've scored five touchdowns, right? The wide receivers? <laughs> no. No, they scored one scored touchdown. One. Oh, one. That's one. Yeah, bull, it's been that bad. Yeah. Well, t- history so- tells you. That wide receivers do catch touchdown passes. Uh, just not, not for the Browns. Crazy. Just not for the but Browns. But the Colts are probably, I'm thinking about this quickly, by far the worst defensive team the Browns have played this year. Fact. They've played all good defensive teams, or at least adequate. Yeah. Boy, Baltimore, they, they sure shut down yeah. Baltimore, mm-hmm. which I still can't figure out. And then last week they got boat raced by Jacksonville. in Baltimore. Yeah, but you yeah. can't, like, I know. You can't I, judge listen, based on I just know, one game. But I can't erase that from my mind. I know, That's but in, I'm saying. In, in the six, I don't know if they've had a bye. In the five or six games they've played, six. overall they've been poor defensively. They're the mm. worst team the Browns have played. I don't know which camera to look at now. Which camera am I looking at right now? <laughs> Two? You're over here. See, yeah, you're you're right. you see now, how yes. hard my job is? is. It's tricky. Uh, so I, I think they will. Uh, first of all, Amari Cooper has played very well, considering that the quarterback play outside of the Tennessee game has been awful. So Amari's played well. He's due for a touchdown. And the uh, the rest of the guys in the wide receiving core, I don't trust any of them. But I trust Amari. They got to get him in the end zone, and they will this week. I tell you, I like how I like how Amari's been running routes and getting absolutely. and absolutely getting open. I know it doesn't uh, fit into the wide receiver category, but David Njoku and how he's been playing yeah. and implementing him, I, I still, I, I, I OCD obsess on the fade route <gasps> and it, Chief at six six and his athleticism. Mm, and no, the way, they should do like that. Like I, I would, I'd be hard pressed at sixty years old not to do that yeah. about every time I'm down there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it, it's worked for years for other teams. No. It, it's really sad that through five games that the team's receiving core has one touchdown. The reason I said yes is I'll, I'll, opposite of Jason's argument, they're due. Well, how many passing touchdowns do they have total? Four? Five? In I don't know. totality, they have four touchdowns. All four were from Deshaun Watson. They have seven interceptions. Deshaun has two. Walker has two. DTR has three. Yeah, so they've thrown four touchdowns. It's not just the receivers. I mean, there's more receivers, but... Bernie, uh, you love Amari Cooper. Who was the guy you played with that was closest to Amari Cooper's skill set? So I'm going to be sensitive because I love all the guys I played with <laughs> and stuff. But, you know, it depends, too, on the situation. And I'm not trying to play the fence on this. Um, there's no doubt the Webster slaughter and the blitz coverage against bump and run technique. Oh, you guys killed it. Um, 
you know, Brian Brennan and the, what he did on that third and three to six and those um, getting open to extend drives. And then we talked at length today about the awesome uh, Chris Dolman and that Minnesota Vikings game. Reggie Langhorn, in certain conditions, with his athleticism and his physicalness. And I actually like this today, not where I'm trending and still answering the Amari Cooper line. So Amari Cooper's a bigger guy. Okay, and he has really good footwork, and he knows how to create separation. So is that Reggie? And that was Reggie. Yeah. In any situation, and Reggie was never caught. So if Reggie got open, he wasn't caught from behind. Wow. And Amari Cooper doesn't. He seems to get open, and he doesn't seem to get caught right now. So he's making those big plays, and that separation that he's able to create in that intermediate area of 12 to 18 yards. Right. Um, that was Langhorn. God, he was so good with that. I loved so, watching him. He was great. Yeah, so when I, you know, you develop that bond and that rapport with somebody, um, Amari Cooper's ripe to develop a rapport with the quarterback. And that then, you know, for him to be making these plays now with three quarterbacks yeah. like this, yeah. um, it's special. All right, uh, Mike, what's, what's next? Question number two, Zadarius Smith has yet to record a sack as a Cleveland Brown. Will his first sack of the season come on Sunday against the Colts? Bernie, you're up first. Yes or no? Yes. And Bernie once again joining the majority here, but it's not as much of a majority because Bull is playing the Jason card, going against the numbers. He said no. The rest of us, including JG, myself, and Earl, and even Jason, say it's happening. Why no, Bull? Well, if you look at Sedarius Smith last year, right? Mm -hmm. He had, I don't remember the exact total of sacks he had last year, but he had ten. almost was all it of them. 10? 10 sacks. I think but he had, had I think eight, he had eight or eight nine, or nine yeah. in the first half of the season. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So basically, since the middle of the last year, he's got like one or two sacks. We're talking almost a full season. Yeah. So he's getting old. He's not the same player he was. He still has value. He's still playing, you know, pretty well. But in terms of getting, actually getting to the quarterback, I think he's behind Ogbo. I think he obviously he's behind Miles Garrett. Right. And I just don't think he's the guy getting to the quarterback okay. right now. He's flashed I, in the run defense. For um, sure. I, I, I don't agree. I don't. I don't agree that he's gotten older. I don't agree that he he has taken a step. Well, back. that's a fact. He's gotten older. Well, well I mean, I, it, I mean, no. everybody gets older. <laughs> you, you find somebody that gets younger that's breaking news. I didn't say he's playing poorly. No, I just no, said I, he's I, not. You I, know, as good as he was. No, I just. I, I still think he's a good. He just don't. Sometimes. You know, Jim Schwartz talked about it. Sometimes you you don't have the production that you're going to have because production sometimes is based on opportunity. Sometimes you can beat a guy in two seconds and he flushes the guy right to Miles Garrett. Or there's times where he he's beating his guy. Quarterback just does a good job of getting rid of the ball. Sacks or are, three guys get home. Yeah, or sacks are a function of right place, right time, just like interceptions. Agreed, are and he hasn't been the right place at the right time very yeah. often since yeah. the yeah. middle of yeah. last no, year. That's true. That's and I also think because they're starting Gardner Minshew, and because he threw three picks last year, and they know how good the Browns last week, last week. and they know how good the Browns defense is. I think the Colts' only hope is running the ball. Zach Moss, quietly, has been, been phenomenal awesome. no, this year. No, he's been year. very good. And Jonathan Taylor's back. They got two good backs. Right. So I think they're really going to run the ball a lot. So I don't think there's going to be that many opportunities for sacks. I think he's Because the Browns' offense is also not so good enough right now that they're going to blow. I don't think they're going to blow the Colts There's going to be a game where either him or Miles Garrett, they get hot. Or what I call just basically being where they're supposed to. And they'll rack off and run off two, three sacks in the game. Yeah. It just happens like that when you got good players on defense. And, and, to, and to Bull's last point, the the Gardner Minshew who and the running game with Moss and Taylor, um, and possibly Anthony Walker not being in there, they are going to run the ball. They are going to slow the game down. So again, I, I love how Zadarius Smith's been playing. That that combination, him and Miles Garrett, is exceptional. So that's all. That's a homer call by me to say yes on the sack. But to Bulls' um, factual points at the end, um, they're going to try to run the ball. They're going to try to play action and do the quick passing game. And they're going to uh, they probably will limit the options or limit the opportunities for for us. I just think we do. Yeah. yeah. By the way, how about this? Let me just give you this stat real quick. So, Zadarius Smith on November 13th of last year got hit, got a sack that gave him nine and a half on the season. Yep. The last f seven games of last year, 
He had a half a sack. So that's 12 games. So in the last 12 games, he has a half a sack. He's so due. He's due. It wouldn't stun me, certainly, yeah. but, I, you know. It's, look, it's a guess. Yeah. Okay. So Darius next? does rank in the top 10 in pass rush win rate. So he has been effective as a pass rusher, yes. even though the stats don't necessarily back it up. Yeah, and he's helped, obviously, by Miles yep. Garrett, but that's a fact. So, Bernie, before we get to the next question, I just want to let you know, we have a 3-4 split. So you can make this a dead-even 50% split okay. here, depending on your answer. The question is, will any Colts running back average at least 3.6 uh, – not, not any, excuse me. Will the Colts running backs – Average 3.6 yards per carry against this vaunted Browns defense on Sunday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 3.6 is the number. Yeah, I actually I actually think they will. And I still, uh, because they can't throw. Yeah. <laughs> what if the Browns, what's, what, what have they allowed? 3.4. So slightly above, and okay. for the season, the Colts are averaging 4.2. So I yeah. tried to, to find running that backs happy specifically, Mike? So, uh, yeah, just yes, the running this backs. this is running backs. No quarterback sneaks, no receivers. Right. And I'm glad Bernie said yes, because that does make it a, a perfect 4-4 four, four, four split. Four, four split. On the yes side of the fence with Bernie is me, huh. is Bull and Jay, and that's the smart side of the fence. On the wrong side <laughs> yeah. of the fence is Earl, Jason, well, Bernie's G, on and that side, too, yeah. so that's the brilliant <laughs> side of the fence. That's right. Am I next to that McNugget of yours? Yeah, yes. Joe well, Thomas called me McNugget. McNuggets on the third show I, we ever did. So yeah, just that's stuck. how we got the now nickname. McNuggets. Now the Brown, the teams the Browns have faced so far this year outside of Tennessee don't have good no. running back. The, well, Joe well, Mixon's decent, but the Bengals are not a running Christian team. McCaffrey, yeah, they, well, yeah, but McCaffrey he, got hurt. He was hurt. When, yeah, when, when, when did he get hurt? When, when McCaffrey? What, what quarter he was that? He played in the third quarter. He but took a very snap minimal, in the third quarter. What was what was he averaging? What did he average for the game? Give me one second. Pull it up. So, I, 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 I mean, I don't think it's going to be 6. way above that, but the Colts are a good running team. I'm I, not, I think they'll they'll be just I'm not conceding nothing to the Colts. They're not going – just because they mm-hmm. can't throw the football don't mean they're going to run the ball for 100,000 yards. Mm-hmm. Listen – Well, nobody said they're going to have a huge game. Uh-uh. It means they're going to they're gonna the try to run the ball. They're going to try to run the ball. By the way, G, if they average 3.8 yards a carry, that's not a good game. No, <laughs> that's not. We're, McCaffrey we didn't, averaged we didn't four say that. None of us said the Colts are going to light up the Browns in the game. I mean, they just said it was going to be over three point six. I, I like what they, I like the Colts. What they got? Uh, what's the name? Taylor back. I, Moss has been doing, but Moss is no Derrick Henry or Christian McCaffrey. The Cleveland Browns are coming off a, a, a game where I think this only stokes the fires. They're going to be even more emboldened. They're going to be like, listen. We'll put 35 dudes up here, and you're not going to run the I ball I mean, they should. If I'm the Browns, I'm putting eight in the box. <laughs> eight eight in the box yes. all day long. I'm not worried about Gardner McCaffrey Minshew. McCaffrey averaged four yards a carry. I know Derrick Henry was nowhere near that. No, Derrick, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was – they put a lid on Derrick yeah. Henry. And, and, and that's they, hard to do. And if they can get some early points when they stop them and they get the Colts down, then the running game goes right out the yeah, window. Yeah, see, that's this true. Is, this is where, like, uh, Jim Schwartz defense with that wide nine, okay, when you're crushing and collapsing the pocket and you're one-dimensional like he made Tennessee – and that he could do that. He could do that again to Gardner Minshew and, and the running game uh, this week. What's next? We have our last one here, guys, and then we're going to move on and talk a little historical offenses and defenses, which <laughs> I can't wait to do with Bernie in the house here. But this was not a perfect 4-3 split. It was a 5-2 split, so Bernie can make this pretty even. Will the Browns win the turnover battle against the Colts for the first time this season? Miraculously, the Browns 3-2 and on the year despite being 0-5 in the turnover battle. Bernie, is this the game the Browns come out on top in the turnover game? This is great to be able to say this. I, don't, I think we could say no, and it doesn't matter. It, <laughs> it, it defies logic, but right. it does so I mean, I'm not saying it to be funny, and I absolutely don't want it to happen. If we win the turnover battle, I, I can't see any way that they win the game. Anyways, yeah, right, yeah. Right. and I still see how we've been losing the turnover battle. It's crazy. defense is so spectacular that they, they could, they're kind of an eraser 
four mistakes. That's exactly right. And, and, and they're four and one and, if they don't turn it over against Pittsburgh in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and, and they I, still would have lost that turnover battle because they, they, they were You're minus right. two in that You're game. Right. And, and from a QB <laughs> perspective, I, I felt like this in the 80s. I, I did not want to have turnovers, but I didn't lose my brain over them. Because I knew at times that the defense was going to bail me out. I really wow. believe they're going to bail me out. That's a nice, sa- nice safety net. And, 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 and they're yeah, with that no. Same so I, because you, hey, you got to go for it sometimes. Like you, I, I'm not afraid of throwing picks. You got to go for it. Like sometimes that ball's got to go, and it don't always work out. But in in duress and chaos, it isn't easy to throw that ball 18 yards, 56 feet down there around the Miles Garrett's arms, over the Anthony Walker's <laughs> right. hands, to yeah. drop it in before Ronnie Lott decapitates Reggie Langhorst. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're all in concussion protocol. Hey, y'all would have been walking in protocol. Like, y'all would have never been out of protocol back then. I oh know, it's God. hilarious. This is my guy Ronnie Lott's ahead of uh, concussion treatment now. He caused half of mine. <laughs> Bernie tells a funny story about back then. Here was concussion <laughs> protocol. Uh, they would say, how many fingers, fingers am I holding up? And Bernie said, it was always two. Was so <laughs> even if I saw four, I said two, and I got to go back That's into right. the yeah. game. Hey, and in training camp, training camp was so long back in July and August, we had meetings about that. During the season, if you're on Sunday and you're going to come out, the doctor and trainer come out, you're going to get the concussion test. And the concussion test is the fingers. And it's not going to be one, because that's too easy. Let me show off the Super Bowl ring. It's not going to be three, because you may miss that. It always was two. And you had a meeting about that. That's and, insane. And I was actually joking around with, uh, God, it's amazing. I cognitively could remember this. I didn't say it on this show, but I said <laughs> it uh, to Austin Love this morning. was uh, one of my first times getting tested on it. And again, don't do this, young kids out there and young parents. But back then... To, uh, to mitigate a, um, a concussion, you would have smelling salt. So I was getting so many of them that I'd have a pocket with a little smelling salt. And back in, again, don't do this either, but back in the day, you were rough at the bottom of the pile. So there's 10 or 15 seconds of stuff going on there that you had time to smell the smelling salts wow, and collect God. your thoughts because you Good knew... Lord. Within 10 or 15 seconds, the, the doctor was going to be out there, and you had to do the concussion test. So Jeez. I had that Jets. Man. I, after that Jets double overtime, Gasno hit me, and I'm doing that, and I'm coming out, and it's, again, it's, it's uh, I've thrown the picks. We're down 10 points. People yeah. are steaming out of the end, out of the dog pound. I see uh, Bill Tessendorf, the great trainer, the great John Bergfeld from the Cleveland Clinic, one of the only uh, team docs I had who didn't push pain pills on me. So thank you, brother. You were great. But he comes up to me and he goes, and I was impatient to get back into the huddle and I was trying to get past the doc because I didn't want him to know I was concussed. And he goes, wait, you got to do the evaluation. He goes, how many fingers? I go, two. He goes, well, you're lying. You're lying. I didn't even do it yet. And I go, bro, I'm Nostradamus. I saw the future. I can't be concussed. You know? That's so good. And that's spiritual. Oh, we, we laugh about it now, but there are players yeah, no. that are in bad shape no, because, in bad of, shape. That. Yeah, because yeah. And, of that. And I look at the conflict there of that changed my life, okay, cognitively and physically. I have issues for multiple decades, and it's dark at times between retiring in 97 and then figuring out what to do in 2017. That was a dark 30 years, three-plus decades and stuff. But I would have lost that game if I left. So I would have not won that game. At the beginning of my career, then I would have lost the first playoff game I played in 1985 against the Dolphins, and then I would have lost that game. That affects my whole psyche, a lot of my confidence and belief in myself. That Jets game was the signature win of that era. What happened then, that was a springboard for me personally and my confidence in the 87, 88. The 89 team wasn't that good, but we had such belief and confidence from the miracles that we pulled off on 86 and 87 that it was a springboard. So, like, I'm really conflicted as a health and wellness guy who – doesn't want. I'm so happy when my son stopped playing. I didn't want to see him play. I don't want to see him have a shitty. Excuse me. Not supposed to swear. Uh, <laughs> terrible 30s, 40s, and 50s. That was lost decades. Not worth I'm, it. Um, with that, but the confidence and belief 
And respect I have for myself was because I won that game and I came back. And I'm so thankful to God that I got to play in that game and finish and win it because I don't want to live here as a 60-year-old guy feeling bad that I threw two picks to lose the game. I'd rather be concussed and have no back teeth because Gaston knocked out my back teeth and I got to partly why I'm a juicer and I don't eat steak. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey. Yeah, so that was uh, quite the story, Bernie. And I Sorry, think bro, the longest, I went too and, I, and nothing wrong with it, but that was definitely the longest between asking a fence rider question and getting to the answers we've ever done on UCSS. <laughs> and I would not want anyone to take us on that tangent other than you, Mr. Kozar. So was the answer yes or no? I missed it. Do you think the Browns win the turnover battle or lose the turnover battle? On he said Sunday? it doesn't matter. But I said no. He said, said no. no Perfect. They lose the turnover battle. They lose the turnover battle. He's joining forces with Earl and Tyvis, the angry mafia on the bottom. Oh, okay. While the rest of us are I a little mean, more Earl's angry. They will, I don't they think Tyvis is angry. Tyvis just looks exasperated. I just, again, I, I'm going on this every time I answer. I, they're due. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, make they're, any they're, sense. They're due. You, it's almost well, but, unthinkable that they're um, zero and five in the turnover battle, but three and two in the win loss column. Yeah. That defies logic. Yeah. Next, Mike. That was the last one. We got to get to oh. our next topic, which I'm very excited to do so. But before we do that, I need to remind the good people out there that if you're looking to get in on any gambling action this NFL season or the NBA season or for the Major League Baseball playoffs, you better do it with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 of bonus bets by placing. A simple $5 bet. Win or lose, that's $200 in bonus bets. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's literally no better time than this exact moment to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of options, including spreads, player pops, over-unders, and much, much more. Earlier in the show, we showed you a $5 ticket used on FanDuel that turned into $6,200. You could be next. And if you have a ticket like that, send it in to us. Visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS. The link is on the screen. FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL and an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. By the way, Mike, one of our diehard fans, a guy by the name Mm -hmm. of Aaron Lee, who tweets at me all the time, he asked me to show Bernie this picture. Uh Bernie, this is you, and I'll show the fans the picture too, sitting next to a little kid. Uh Everybody can see this picture of Bernie (laughs) at training camp next Uh to a little kid here. The, uh, that little kid is this guy, Aaron, who's a huge fan of the show. And he, he said he was part of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, and he met you, and he met the entire team. Here's some other – here's a picture. Yeah, here's uh, and, and he said it was the time of his life. He'll never forget it. Aaron, huge fan of the Aaron you got to come in, man. I want to see – I want to get another picture. <laughs> yeah, you got to see before. Like, like the Polk story when we recreate My Polk, yeah. We yeah 30 Polk. years later with the story. Before and after. Yeah. So, uh, again, I, I – I, proud to say like and and i want to not get too emotional i used to do a ton i still do a ton with make a wish yeah so to be that age and me be that quarterback and for aaron still to be with us um aaron definitely come in because i don't i've met so many make a wish kids over the years and most of us aren't with us anymore so for you to be here brother yeah we're glad you're doing well so i'm not saying it's just to be on air and gratuitous come on in Absolutely. Mikey, and, and what do you quickly, got for us? Here's a picture that I took uh, five years ago of Bernie with a woman who I think was 100. Yeah. Remember that? We were, uh, we were at Brown's practice, and this woman was there, and she said she wanted to get her picture taken with Bernie. That was uh, 2018. Yeah, and that was actually ago. one year, one year after I started on this health journey. Yeah. Yes. It's amazing to see uh, your transformation, too, by the way, because... Uh, I knew you in that dark day. Yeah, when we first and, met, yeah. like 10 plus years ago, some of those. It was crazy. If you and me have some of those pictures, me, you, I and Tracy. Yeah, you know? I have them. And yeah, uh, yeah and your, your transformation has been nothing short of remarkable. So, Jay, question for you guys. Okay. And I'll put it out very simply. The Browns through five games have been a historically good defense. 1,002 yards allowed through five games. That is it. That's the fewest in 50 years in the, in the NFL. So would you guys rather have an all-time great offense or an all-time great defense? I want Bernie to start because I can't wait to hear his answer. Yeah, well, I'm I think I know where he's going. I'm so biased here. I ain't even trying to be on the fence. Of course, it's offense in that for me as a as a guy who didn't have the physical skills to play defense in that. <laughs> you know, so from the offensive perspective with it. But that being said, for us to really get to where we want to get, and the teams that really are the consistently the Super Bowl teams. 
and playing in Cleveland, it's miserable to be consistent offensively. So this dominant defense, this 50, I mean, in five-plus decades, we, the NFL hasn't seen a defense start like this. This, this historic-type defense, if it continues, and it really can continue because if you dominate the defensive line, the defense, offensive line like they're dominating now, there's no reason this can't continue and, and take this to be special places. So in the, in the interest of short-term thinking, um, I, I like this defense take. Wow. Okay. I, I mean, obviously, to me. the Browns are closer to one than the other. Way closer. But if we're if we're in La La Land and we're yeah. starting from scratch, yeah. I'd much rather have a. Of course, I'm an offensive guy. Yeah. I expect you know, my you to go my there. many uh, games played in uh, high level uh, <laughs> eighth grade park parks. Uh, yes, I would much rather have the offense. And more recently. I think for much of the NFL's history, it was the great defenses that often mm -hmm. won. But more recently, we've seen a, a lot of teams win great offense and solid defense. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how, how most of the teams do it now. Uh, we'll see. Things seem to be maybe changing back the other way this year. Maybe. It's still too early in the season to know for sure. But uh, I think it would be interesting if we had, say, for example, the Browns kept this up defensively and the Dolphins kept it up offensively and they played each other in the yeah, playoffs. I'd love to see that it. would be pretty that's interesting. You'd love to see yeah, that. Yeah, I love Mike McDaniels. Oh, yeah. What do you, what do you got, Drew Bull? <clears throat> yeah. Well, I used to be the – I, I flip-flop on this a little bit. I used to be an offensive guy. I played defense, but I always felt like offense – was the way you really made your money in the league. It was the way that you could get to the Super Bowl. But as I started looking at, you know, in the past and, and taking things, um, you know, and just looking at the information, I look at the great offenses that in my time or, or anybody's time that were great that never won. Like, I mean, the Bills offense was dominant. The Bills could, could throw the ball. They could run the ball. They got wide receivers that are uh, Reed and Kelly and Thurman Thomas. They never won. The, the Warm Moon teams uh, of the 90s, they never won. Yeah, but won. that was a different era, though, G. Well, well, Recently, it's been great offensive teams that have won. Well, well, I, well I'm, I'm, I'm going to yeah. fast forward and keep going. When you talk about a lot of it is there's a lot of offensive teams that had really good. If you look at it, you break it down as far as teams go. Who's really won? Manny, Brady, and Mahomes. You take them three. Throw, throw in uh, in the history. Now throw in Montana. Montana. Throw you know Pittsburgh and their dominance. They had a great defense, mm -hmm. and when you go back and look at their offensive numbers, they're not historic at all. No, no, no. Yeah, but nobody put up historic numbers nobody in the seventies. Dallas, when they had their long runs, they did it with <sighs> offense. You know, um, in their their second run because they, had, they both. had it. An early run. I think yeah. it, I think it's easier if I got a team right and I got a dominant defense, right? Traditionally, it takes less money to stock a defense than an offense. It's what? No, I completely disagree. On offense, if you have a great quarterback, your offense is usually going to be great. Yeah, but On he's taking up. He's your biggest First salary. Of all, though. We haven't had a historic defense in forever. No, the yeah. only thing close I, I, to that I thought, it was Seattle when the, they won. That's I, a while I, now. I thought I, th I thought the Denver Broncos carried Peyton Manning at the end of his career. The, the no flies on. They did that last doing, year. I think what's in the happening playoffs. here is uh, eras are overlapping. I think that in the NFL, if you chart it, it it goes like this. And to mm -hmm. Bull's point, and I first noticed this last year, particularly at the beginning of the season when offensive numbers were just down league wide. They still finished down for the year, not as down as they were to start the year, but they still were down. I think what happens is it's a copycat league. Teams look around and say, who is having success and why? Well, we're in the Mahomes era now. That's, mm -hmm. it, that's what it is. That came on the heels of the Brady era. So we really had two dominant quarterbacks, all-time great quarterbacks, on the heels of one another. I think that led us to where we are now. General managers started looking at, okay, who do, if we want to win, who do we have to stop? Brady, Mahomes. Okay, let's spend our draft capital on defensive players. So it feels like we're now starting the swing from offense dominance back to defense dominance. And that's great for us because if you think about the draft picks that this regime has had, we've hit on defensive players. 
The offensive part. players, not so much. And Jay, even in college, you're starting to see numbers yes, you be are. down in college. It used to be, it used 50, to be I, 70 well, points. We got to see it for a whole season. Well, we got to see it for a couple of years, I yeah. think. Yeah. Because, oh, because in know, the end, last year was all have, about the offense in the Super Bowl. The outliers were the Buccaneers with Brad Johnson, the Ravens with Trent Dilfer, go back to the 80s, the Bears with Jim McMahon. What were, I, I think. And, and it used to be the old cliche, defense wins championships. Mm-hmm. I think that's been muddied up the last 15 years by the quarterback play and the offenses. But I do think we are coming back into the era of the defense. To your, to your points, um, it has been offensively oriented the last decade. Plus. Plus, because I, um, a lot of it has to do with the rules of the league That's right. and how they call the games. Sure. Okay, so as an offensive guy, I would love, love, love to have played five years ago where nobody's allowed to touch anybody. Yeah. Even two years ago, I touch your head penalty, okay? Yeah. That's fine. I love that as a quarterback. I want those <laughs> yeah. 15 yards. You would have played okay? another five seasons okay. minimum. But And we got scoring at all-time highs, you know, five, six, seven years ago. Offensively, you had to do it. Um, Jim Schwartz and the Miles Garrett type defensive lines would be so mitigated. They're so they'd be so apprehensive because they're not allowed to touch anybody. Be careful. They got to think. They got to think. One of the great yeah, things. Even with these rules, they're off to an right. all-time great five-game start. I, I right, just, but the, yeah. here's what's sweet in the NFL this year. Not just us. Scoring is at one of the all-time lows this season in the last two years. And it's, I believe, 100% because the league is letting them play some. There's some hits going on in the quarterback that don't get oh, called. Oh, so you think that pendulum is swinging Oh, God, yes. And then here's a hidden thing that happens in the NFL in December and playoff time. Um, even in a few years ago, when it was a, you weren't allowed to touch anybody and everything was a penalty, a defensive holding, a pass interference, a t- hitting, uh, hitting the quarterback, um, they let you have more contact. In December and January. In December but and January. So Jim here. Schwartz now yeah. being here with that wide nine. Can get even more aggressive. He's going to get more aggressive. Wow, and we, and we, can, and we play press coverage. Here's what I, I would say to that, though. Um, last year in the end, the Super Bowl was the two best offensive teams in Philadelphia and Kansas City. Yeah. And they play, and the defense, it was, what was the final score? 35-28? Right. I mean, it was a high-scoring game. I think part of the reason defense has, Jay said last year, the defense was up early, and then as the year went on, the offense picked up. It was down, but, never but it up picked to up. where it but had been. here's what I think is happening the last couple of years, and it happened again big time this year. And that's why I have to see the numbers change for the whole year before I believe it. Offensive players, quarterbacks, and skill position guys across the board now are barely playing in the preseason, if at all. Yeah. And I think offenses are coming out much rustier early in the oh, season for sure. the last couple of years. Yeah, and I think that's a factor. Now, I do yeah. think the tide may be turning a little bit, but I don't think it's turning quite as fast as we think because of that. I, I, I need to see it for a full year I, and then beyond. Th- there's one other reason that I would pick defense. Because I, I you know, you start to think about the teams where they just won championships just with defense and the offenses were mid. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned the Bears, the Ravens, and the Buccaneers. The one time we had the all-time greatest offense we had ever seen, they rewrote the record book. Randy Moss came into New England and it was like Michael popcorn. Strahan played defense. They and got what a... happened in the Super Bowl? The great defense, which wasn't an all-time historical great defense, no, by the way. No. It was a good defense by all accounts. But it wasn't up there with the Bears, the Ravens, the Buccaneers, and some of those. They stopped the unstoppable train mm-hmm. and won the Super Bowl I with great defense. They st- they got a lucky play on the helmet catch. Well, listen. I, if they don't can... have that, they lose the game. I mean, that's the... Uh, if, you know. If well, we do ifs all the time. If That's your grandmother you know. had wheels, she'd be a Jake, bike. You bring up ifs all the time. Yes. <laughs> However, so what I do, you, you always dismiss my ifs, and you <laughs> always dismiss my ifs. So I'm just I'm, right, I'm there. I'm the really point, the person that never said <laughs> yeah. The point is that was still a great team. It and was. It but, wasn't like they got smoked but, in that Super However, Bowl. the history books, when we're all gone a hundred yeah. years from now, they'll look up that page and they'll say, huh all-time greatest offense we'd ever seen did take the L in the Super Bowl to a really good defense. 
That's why Is I, that a better offense than the Kurt Warner Rams offense? It was for me, and statistically, it was no doubt. I mean, he did he did catch 25 touchdowns. They rewrote the record book yeah. in every category. 25? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I remember when I watched it, I said, I've never seen anything like this. They're just throwing the ball Even the greatest show on turf, which was phenomenal. How many Super Bowls did they win? They won. And it, now, if we're going to use ifs, on the last play of the game, Tennessee got tackled where? Okay, You're fine. Right. Yeah. On the one-yard line. That, that was a great play. There, there is not a single team of the great defenses that more than, that has won more than one Super Bowl. The 85 Bears, no. the greatest defense ever. You're right. Won one. You're absolutely right. That Ravens right. team won one. It was a different team years later that won. Ray that was Buccaneers a part of both team, of those, though. He was, but yeah. the rest of the defense but has changed. You're right. I had, I, had a play, I had to play the 85 Bears defense in the home opener in oh 1986 in Chicago right. with those guys. How did they not win more than Buddy, one? You, well, what happened was the team got fractured. Yeah. If you watch that 30 for 30 yeah, that but, they did on, the, on, on that Walter team. Walter didn't get a Buddy touchdown Rock. in the Super Bowl. That yeah, was, they but, gave it to the fridge. Yeah. And they scored like whatever, 55 points or whatever mm. that number was. And at the end of the game, when they could have given Walt, the great Walter Payton, mm-hmm. who did not score a touchdown in the Super Bowl, they gave the ball to yeah. the, the, the refrigerator, fridge. who was a massive story. But... I think it was the greatest team ever. And remember that, that when they oh. won that when they won that Super Bowl, they didn't carry Mike Ditka off the field. Because they carried Ryan, Buddy Ryan, Ryan off the field. Think that's about that true. for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was, that's rough. I'm going. Back I was so I'm so optimistic. I thought we should have beat the Dolphins and that we'd have played in the AFC Championship game in 1985 against the New England Patriots. We had already in the first game I ever played. I we had beaten them at home. And I wanted to be yeah. that quarterback. Was, was Tony Eason their quarterback? Tony right? Eason. Yeah. Good, good they got memory. destroyed yes. by the Bears. Oh, my. The Bears killed everybody in the playoffs that year, right? They won, yes. they won by, like, I think. The only, the only game they lost was to the Dolphins. Right. who they It was on a Monday night, yeah. fairly late in the season. Yeah. And um, they, they were essentially protecting the franchise's legacy as the only team right. to go undefeated. Throughout mm-hmm. the whole season, and then when the Super Bowl, but that yeah, was yeah. the great uh, for the historians. That was the, the yes. There was a motivation from a personal side for that, but just from a football side of it, that and I love the Buddy Ryan forty-six Bear defense. Yeah, that versions of that. These people say the games change. They're still doing defenses. Are still doing versions of that today. But that eight-man front guy in the middle of uh, guy at the line of scrimmage, the strong safety pressing the tight end. Against the great Dan Marino, they threw quick slants all day. Yeah, they cracked and, the code. Yeah, so they cracked the code That's to kind of exactly give you the – and, and Coach Shula was, did an amazing job with, with that. People are starting to do breakdowns on why – like maybe not necessarily why, but what's, what's going on with defenses this year, especially this year. Yeah. And a lot of it's the red zone. Like teams are still moving the ball between the 20s a lot. Sure, Jason says that all the time. But the red zone – yeah, we're a lot. We're allowed yeah. to grab you. I mean, four, three, four years ago, this is a, a defensive holding. Yeah. I can get away with this now. Like Hamper Dixon and Tut and Mighty Mini, they, this is how they played. They held the whole time. Quiet as okay? kept. Quiet yeah. as kept was ha- what was happening. See, teams been run up and down the field. Bull. There's how many games do you watch where offense is playing well and it, they get stopped on first and second down? But then here comes the flag. Like right. it, it ain't like they just running open. You know how many sustained drives you can get on pass interference, right. illegal defensive hands to the holding. face, right. defensive holding. The league wants offense. It's it, good for business. Is, I mean, it is good for business. Yeah, so yeah. if you eliminate those and you got to consistently convert on third down, and guess what? The holding is off inside the red zone because I can hold you within five yards. Right. So yeah. now that's, yeah. you got to come up with a creative way to score. We got a DD mic. Do we need a read before a DD? She's, yeah, she's might as well get the read. And we have a DD. She's logging in right now. She was just speaking to Elijah Moore, so we're gonna have some. Yeah, I can't literally wait to hear fresh what she has to say. off the phone mm-hmm. insight from a DD who's calling the game this weekend. Elijah she's Moore, on the sidelines for the Thomas game. Aquinas. Mm-hmm. Yep. Before we do that, I need to remind the good people out there that if they ever find themselves in a pinch and need emergency medical care, Jace Medical is where you got to go. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, giving you peace of mind. So. You're not just hoping to have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the proper medication in hand. It's simple. They handle everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. So don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using promo code LOCKEDON 
at checkout at jacemedical.com. That is promo code locked on at J A S E medical.com. As soon as Aditi's officially ready, I will bring her in. But until then. Yeah, she's part of the broadcast team for the Colts Browns on Sunday. Game you'll see locally here on CBS. By the way, this uh, is a first. What do you got? I am going to accept a fantasy football mm-hmm. trade in my dynasty league on the air. I've just been offered a deal. <laughs> I am sorry, Browns fans. I'm trading David Njoku. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm shipping his ass out of town because I'm getting Evan Ingram. He's Straight better. Straight up? Who made that trade? No, no. It's a, it, I'm trading Nico Collins as part of the oh, deal. Oh, well, He's okay, a good but, white, young wide receiver, yeah. but I got a lot well, of wide receivers. That's a fair receivers. trade. Mm-hmm. I, if so, you were doing uh, Evan for David straight up, <laughs> you fleeced somebody. Yeah, no. Uh, Evan Engram and Michael Carter for David Njoku and, and Nico Collins. I'm going to accept that right now. Make sure I'm not missing anything. Evan, mm-hmm. yes. I got Evan Engram. Finally. I've got him on my family he, league. I don't in know this, we have in this crazy dynasty league, Tight ends get two points per reception, so Engram's very valuable. Wow! So wow! Why tight is that? Ends are off the board early. Wow! How much? You know, it's funny it's yeah. talking about the NFL and yeah. offensive. Seven years ago to eight years ago, if you said I want to have three tight ends on your roster and a fullback, you were looked at as the antichrist within a <laughs> sure. within a guy putting a, a yeah. team yeah. together. And now the it's, six, it's the, ebbs six and flows. the six yeah. six tight end. I, I I don't know how you can it's live, live league, without him. Bernie. I can't it's, play yeah. without him. What's this guy on the league? Every, about, yeah. When they zig, you got a zag. How about yeah. this guy on the Steelers? I can't think of his name. Who's this tight end? Like he's like looks like an offensive lineman. He's even bigger. He's like what's it? Look, Darnell Washington. Darnell Washington. Yeah, what is no he like? Six eight. More about him. He's six seven, two seventy, and no one knows more about Darnell Washington on this panel. Oh yeah, Aditi, Aditi who's yeah. ready to join us. What's up, Aditi? Hey, two seventy. He's playing tight end, Aditi. That's kind of crazy. This guy, I don't know that, how good yeah, he is. Yeah, a but. bit above my playing weight. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Bernie, throw, put your earpiece in so you can hear Dee. Yeah, oh, where there am I? Oh, there, there it is. Go. Yeah. Uh, Dee, what, what did Elijah Moore have to say? Anything interesting? Is he going to catch any passes this week or what? Excuse me, he is actually, you know what, he's catching a lot of passes. He has almost as many receptions as Amari. He just hasn't Yeah, about broken three yards yet. per reception. Yeah, well, you know what, right now they're asking him to eat up some grass, but that doesn't mean that a big play isn't coming. And mm. so let's watch on Sunday because we had the conversation and should a big play come, you know, the producer will come down to me and I'll say, That's hey, right. <laughs> and I just talked about this on Thursday. How is he handling things through five games? Because he came in. Not as a savior, but he came in as a guy who everybody expected big things from him. Tons of hype. And there was a lot of hype around him. And yeah, he is gobbling up some catches, but it's safe to say he has not lived up to the expectations that the fans have had for him. How is he handling all that? What's his mindset? So let's start with this. Remember that the expectations that a player himself has and that a coach and a team has, an understanding of what your role is and what your job is, is perhaps a little bit different than what a fan expects or thinks a person's job is. So let me say, and obviously, Elijah Moore wants to break some big ones. Obviously, he wants more yardage and not just eating up some grass to get to that first down marker. That's a given. But I'll say this. I talked with this young man last year before the Jets came in to face the Browns. We spent, I don't know, a good 20, 25 minutes together. I obviously was with him during training camp, and I talked to him again now. He is genuinely enjoying where he is, loving this offense, seeing the potential of it. I mean, I asked him what's different, and he said, everything he loves how kevin stefanski has this open line of communication with him about the different ways that he can be used and it's not just lining him in the slot and there you go i think i looked up the stat the other day through his first three years with the jets he had 10 carries this year so far he's got eight and he's like i love it i love it use me every which way that know, you possibly but they're, not working. With him. they're not working though but again this is so this is what i'm getting to yeah he has patience when I spoke to him week two last year, you could see that he had already lost patience with what the Jets were doing offensively. Huh. The word that he used with me today is, I just need to keep being patient. I know it's coming. He is being involved. He is being used. Just because it hasn't broken yet doesn't mean that it's never going to break. Let's be honest. We're still a little bit early in all of this. Let's also be honest. It took three games until Deshaun Watson was finally playing the way you'd want a star quarterback to play. And then all of a sudden, you're playing a rookie quarterback who had two hours notice that he was playing and then all of a sudden you're starting another guy pj walker 
life hasn't exactly been set up for Elijah Moore to go out there and be wide receiver one in the National Football League at the oh, moment. Yeah. That doesn't I, mean that it's not yeah. going to happen. I get it. We need to be more patient. I hear you. I yeah, don't think he's ever going to be wide receiver again, one. Like, I, I want to say this. <laughs> yeah. I do feel that, and you can all say this, you all know like when a guy is going through the motions, you know when a guy is fake, you know when a guy is saying what he needs sure. to say. And you know when someone's really, truly bought in and believes in what's happening. And so I'm here to tell you, I talked to Elijah Moore a year ago when he was not a member of this organization. I've been around him as he's learned, acclimated, gotten into this organization. And I just talked to him half an hour ago. He's in a different place. And if he tells me that he feels optimistic and he feels there's a reason to be patient and he feels that those big, splashy plays are coming, I'm buying. I am. Sorry. Let's move on to the nope. most important you, like, you don't like when I disagree. It would be better if I said, yes, you're right, he's a bust. You couldn't, no. I, I thought you knew me better than that. I love to argue, so I love when people disagree. <laughs> That's a total misconception that I want people to agree with me. It would be boring if people agree with me because I enjoy arguing. So I All know, right, so I'm fine with that. But we got to get to the biggest story because obviously there's been big injury news surrounding the Browns. This Harrison Bryant injury, I don't know how the Browns will know. Uh, Deshaun Watson, we had no idea what was going on, right? It was a mi- there was terrible mis- mixed messaging from the Browns. It seems like this week they've gotten on the same page, and supposedly he's practicing today for the first time in a while. What what's the latest that you can tell us uh, on Deshaun Watson and whether or not you think he might play this week? I, I, I genuinely believe, from what I'm being told, that it is 50-50. Mm. That he is doing everything to play, that he wants to play, that there's a possibility, but let's see what happens today. Let's see, does he indeed get out on that practice field? Does he feel that he can drive the ball? Does he come out of practice feeling good? I think that that's sort of a greater indicator. And I, I just, I don't see the drama and the scandal that sort of was alleged by certain people on the internet a year a week ago i guess i think that it really is something as simple as let's see if he can do it and today could be a really good positive optimistic sign and if not how about pj walker handling business (laughs) you know if if it has to be another week that's a young man that certainly you know had confidence and has even more confidence this week wouldn't you if you had just beaten the san francisco 49ers wouldn't you have some extra confidence I, mean, I, I, would, I don't I would, know if I would I would call it him beating yeah, him, yeah, but, uh, but uh, he was the quarterback. Yeah, he he was under center. I don't know how I feel about <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, they missed a kick. He didn't give away the makeable. game. How about we do that? He didn't give away the game. That's okay, the, okay. You know, okay. He did. He near tried it on that last pass into the end zone, but you're, to your In point, end, he, he did not give okay. away the game. That's right. So there's that. Yeah, right. I think and if you could beat San Francisco with him, you should be able to beat Indy with him, I would think. You would hope. Indeed, that is playing, obviously, with its own backup quarterback, a veteran backup quarterback, but a backup quarterback who did not look particularly good against the Jaguars defense. And, you know, this is a conversation that uh, my crew and I were having about the Browns yesterday. Pro Football Talk had done a comparison of how much further the Browns defense ranks from the second place team in various categories and how the Browns are that much better than the second place team, than the second place team is from the 32nd place team. Yeah. And my one of the members of my crew made the point of saying, okay, but let's look at who the Browns have played. They played a Steelers team with a horrific offense. They played, you know, a 49ers team without certain star players. And ah, et cetera, that's a bogus et cetera. argument. Bengals well, and that's what I said. Field. I said, you know what? And I, but I said that you play who your schedules to play. You know, you line up and you play, and it's still doing it. But to that argument, you can't give that argument if there's not consistency. If you keep stacking performances like that, people are going to stop looking for reasons to kind of cut that down. That's fair. Well, the one, the one outlier, though, Aditi, was the Baltimore game. And I know that they were, you know, they gave the Ravens two short fields. Uh, but right. even, even taking that out of the mix, the Ravens had success moving the football against the Browns. I, I've kind of come to the conclusion that what's different from the Ravens and all the others is that they have a quarterback that they really have to be afraid of hurting them with his legs. Is is that a likely conclusion as to why Baltimore has had the most success against this Browns defense because they have a running quarterback? Jay, I feel that that's a piece of it, of course, and it's not that Lamar is only 
merely a running no, quarterback. No, but it can run. a single unique dynamic talent. Sure. But I also think that division games, you just sort of throw them out the window. You know, it's like Steelers-Browns. You, you don't know what's going to happen. It's Steelers-Ravens. It's Browns-Ravens. These are teams, they know each other as well as anybody could possibly right. know each other. And so that adds just a completely different dynamic to the whole thing. I don't know that it's even really about a matchup or a scheme or an individual player. It's just... You know, I mean, think about it. Over the last decade, how many crazy, bizarre things have we seen happen in AFC North games? Mm-hmm. I can think of a million examples of one team headed to like a four-win season, another one headed to the playoffs, and the four-win team winning with a backup quarterback. You know, it happens. Didi, who are you more impressed with, um, the Dolphins' offense or the Browns' defense? The Browns' defense. Oh wow! Okay. So you're ready to go on national TV this game when you're, you're doing the game to say the Browns are the number one defense in the league bar none. Well, I don't give opinions from the sideline. I only give facts. And if there's some I'll set you up. To say that, yes, you clearly are. Well, the, the numbers oh, say sorry, that. I'm so old school. I know that you were all talking about this, but to me, and I'm sorry, Bernie, but defense still wins championships to me. No. If you can beat somebody down, yes, it does. You can shut down a great de- offense, then there you go. And I think right now that, yes, the Dolphins' offense is doing stupefying things. I actually I have their game next week. I have the uh-huh. Pats at Dolphins week seven, so I'll get to see them up close. I saw them up close last year twice. But I just think that the Browns' defense, the way that they're playing, the speed with which they're playing, the motor and the energy. You know, it's funny. I was a couple minutes late because I was just talking to – Colts veteran center, Ryan Kelly, and we were talking about what jumps out about that Browns defensive front, and he said it's their motor on first down and second down. You know, you see a lot of teams get very amped up on third down when they can go rush the passer, but these guys play the same way even if it's first down, and that's really, really fun to see, really fun to watch. I I would love to see uh, a matchup between the Dolphins and the Browns in the playoffs because – it is a fascinating example of, you know, the unstoppable force uh, versus the immovable object and see how that thing shakes out. In the Super Bowl it's, last year, the offense beat the defense. Well, it's not like Kansas City had a bad defense. Yes. Yeah, but they, the Eagles had the best defense in the league last year by far. Okay, but yeah, you're not, not talking about like a romp, if them, Adam. Though, it's not if like they just changes. ran all over them or threw yes, all right. over them. Yes, they did. The I mean, Eagles' offense was just good. The, the the Chiefs ran all over the Eagles' defense. Eagles' defense was terrible in the, in the Super Bowl. But, and then, not to yeah. make excuses, the whole yeah. point was that the best part of the Eagles' defense was mitigated or handcuffed by that horrible field. They couldn't get that pass rush off the way that they wanted to because That's of the footing of the field. That That's true. a great point, Aditi. Yeah, that, that pass wow. rush and that pass rush is and, and the Jim Schwartz wide nine does not want to have that wet, slippery, nor frozen field as we, as we trend towards the end of the season because that's that's stifling. It's stifling. Yeah. So I mean, I guess it, that's an interesting point. We'll see how all that plays out. As it as the it Browns pertains to the Browns, their field at least. Uh, what was we, that? One of the things that we've talked about on the show today is the fact that they are 0-5 in the turnover battles this year. And you know that's one of the key indicators in a team's success is your plus-minus. It's almost mind-boggling that they are 0-5 in the turnover battles, yet they're 3-2 and in the win-loss column. They could have, if it had, had the Steelers not forced that strip sack fumble, They'd be four and one, and they still would have lost the turnover battle in that game. I mean, it really right. is kind of defying logic and what we thought we knew about how important that plus-minus stat is. You know, and I, I keep focusing on it. I know that the last few weeks, when you put me on the spot about this, I keep saying that a defense that comes up with a splash play in key moments almost feels more important than someone that's just consistently playing well and right. not getting that game-breaking moment. But I asked JOK about it yesterday. Like, how much are you guys talking about the fact that you have no takeaways? That these numbers are 
sort of surprisingly minuscule for how well the defense is playing. And he just, you know, again, kind of the same line, like they'll come, keep doing your job and they'll come and we're not focused on it. And it's not something we're thinking about, but it does make me wonder, you know, and that's a player. I do want to ask Jim shorts when we meet with him on Saturday, are you doing anything to sort of encourage poking the ball out? Are you doing any additional, uh, ball type drills to right. get the ball because that really is a piece of it. And right. I said this to you guys last week when we were talking about the 49ers game, and I was like, why can't we expect the defense to step up? Why can't we expect the defense to go out and win a you game? You say that. And in a lot of ways, yes, in a lot of ways, the defense did, but go get a turnover. Go get, you know, yeah. like go score a touchdown. And what if really TJ Rock can score a touchdown, if Alex Highsmith can score a touchdown, why can't these great Browns defensive players and score then, a touchdown? And then, Aditi, you've got to take advantage of them and play complimentary football. The one right. turnover they got, they were in field goal range. They go minus 20 yards yep. on the next three plays, and they're punting the ball back, completely right. erasing the takeaway. Exactly. Exactly. But we can argue that the Browns maybe just haven't had as much practice. <laughs> yeah. Aditi, let's wrap the field after a takeaway. Let's That's let's true. wrap it up with this. If if the Browns are going to make a trade, and the Browns have been an aggressive team, the trade deadline's what, twelve days away, I think. Uh, if they're going to make a trade without going into specific players, would you what what would be the priority for you? Replacing Jed Wills at left tackle or just getting maybe some depth at that position. Getting another wide receiver that would be a clearer number two guy behind Amari Cooper. Or getting a running back who is you know, legitimate, at least in the mix type of running back, 1A, 1B. Or a better backup quarterback. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. Yeah. You what know, but you do? I, I don't. I don't. Um... No, I think that Kareem Hunt finally looked sort of that his pads had warmed up. That was a phrase he used with us, that he ah, needed okay. to warm his pads up. He finally looked pretty good. I think that Jerome Ford, all things considered, is indeed coming along. I think that they are feeling good about the way that they can and will run the ball. I disagree with you on the wide receiver room. I think that they're fine. I still believe in Elijah Moore. I'm not writing him off after five That's games. Fine. You're in the minority, but you may turn out to be right. Maybe we'll see. In five games, I think I agree. I think that's a product of the quarterback play, but yes, contributing. Agreed. Yeah. Don't yeah. the Browns only have one wide receiver touchdown? Yes, entirely. Yes. Crazy. Yeah, for the they only season. have four. One. They only have four passing touchdowns on the season. That's it. So right. So again, but I think that a lot of that has to do with quarterback play. Yes, I agree. I think that's fair. Yeah, but if guys are so, if guys are getting separation and they're open. More likely to get a touchdown here. But a guy like Marquise Brown could certainly help the team, I think. I I feel like that's not an area of desperate need. I think you just need to get better at doing what you do. I don't love the left tackle situation. So that would right, be it. But I don't know. He is coming off his best yeah, game who, of the year. Who are you though? getting right now? Like you're not getting Trent Williams. Who do, like who do you well, think you're getting? You could get you can get Trent Brown from uh, New England. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Why wouldn't they trade him? They stink. They're out of it. You could get Grant Bowles from Denver. He's pretty good, and they're out of it. So I think you could get one of those two guys. I mean, we'll see. We'll see, right? I haven't had those conversations. Let me get to Indy this weekend and see if I I can dig up any. The bottom line is the Browns appear to have a Super Bowl-caliber defense. If Deshaun Watson can play, not even I'm not even asking at this point for the rest of this year, to play Houston Deshaun Watson. I'm saying play three quarters of Houston Deshaun Watson. Tennessee Watson. The guy, mm-hmm. yeah, the guy who played Tennessee in the Tennessee Watson. game, as we talked about. If he plays at that level with this defense, they're a Super Bowl contender. There's no doubt. So then you're fine. You don't need an additional piece. I think right now the focus well, is no, getting Well, no, but it's Deshaun not about Watson being healthy. fine. It's about it's being as good as you can be. I don't want to see. Sure, but again, I got to keep I think Watson that- healthy. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're not getting this. Well, that's all very fair, but you're not getting the greatest assessment of what this team is going to be in the next month without the quarterback being out there. That's That's fair. That that is very fair. fair. That's true. And and, and to Didi's point on the receivers and stuff, one of the guys we haven't talked about who's coming back healthy, Mr. Training Camp, I love him, is Marquise Goodwin. As a person. And and he's in the few snaps he's got, he's gotten open a few times deep. And I think he's starting to get his health back and, and getting into yeah. getting into his game. That could be somebody That's who, true. who he showed who, with that twenty yard run. We need a quarterback yeah. that's ready. Ready. the ball though. I'm, he's he's ready. Ready. I'm willing to yeah. cash up his place to uh from Elijah Moore. Go ahead and just siphon those right over to Goodwin. We'll take that money. <laughs> All right, Aditi. By the way, if Elijah Moore turns it on second half of the year, Aditi needs to do a victory lap on everybody. She will. She's yeah. the only one. She's one of the very few that still believes in him. That's right. She can see walking so in the she, She's going to have a good celebration on that one. And let's hope. We're all hoping she's right. We are. We're all we, hoping We may she's find right out that. Sunday as we yeah. watch Aditi and the CBS crew and yeah. the Browns and the Colts from Indy. That's right. Aditi, thank you very much. Uh, Mike, we're going to do some We got some Super Chats, super and whenever chats. we bring you Super Chats, it's brought to us by our dear friends at PCC Air Force. If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, well, PCC Air Force is the leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Air Force at Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up. Plus, full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. Just a couple super chats to get to today. The first one comes from Simple. He says, just a point on Elijah Moore real quick. He could have had just shy of 100 yards if P.J. wouldn't have underthrown him three times in the fourth quarter. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah. Uh, James Cosby says, Bernie has always displayed a high football IQ and feel for the game. Savant. Hyper Frosty mm-hmm. says, what do I do to? what do I have to do to get on the show? Name it. I'll do it as long as it's not money. A hyperfrosty. We'll, we'll think of something. Well, you, I know. I can tell him right now. Place a $5 bet on FanDuel and win three, you three, four thousand. You're on Genius. the show. Uh, Halim Youssef said Deshaun is practicing today. That is officially confirmed. Alex Van Pelt also confirmed First that. time since September 22nd that he's on the practice field. That is big news for the Browns. Two yeah. more real quick. Kenny Moss says, I would love to see a Lions and Browns Super Bowl. I would too. And Jacob Gordon said, Bernie is the man... Remember when he came to St. Anne grade school in the Heights when I was there? Pretty sure he signed an autograph for every student. Love him on the show. Thanks again for everything, Bernie. Thank you. You remember that autograph, don't you? I I tell you what, uh, St. Anne's father, Jim Singler, was the parish priest there. (laughs) He moved over from St. Christopher's in the day. And I I know, I can't remember what I said uh, 10 10 minutes ago, but I remember that. Your your recall is absolutely phenomenal. Well, thanks. You know what, I tell younger players and that it's, we could be busy, but meeting kids and and not uh, trying to sign autographs and be nice. Most interactions are ten to fifteen seconds. Yeah, you got time. Meeting for that. kids like that and making sure you you don't want to be the guy that left and did not sign one no, or two yeah, kids' what is, autographs. Right. What is the longest play call that you ever did in a huddle? Do you remember a play call where you where it was super duper 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 long? So we had we had lots of calls like with motions and shifts. Zig to two flip wide, short 60 Y option, X mass, Z bow out, um, F chip check through. And that was one of my big <laughs> ones with Leroy Horton oh and K Mac. And that yeah. was really kind of basic. That wasn't that actually was wrong. So that was a typical thing. And basically, you're telling all 10 guys what to do from that. And that got a little wordy. So I really believe I, I evolved my uh, my audibles into like eye contact and stuff, so you could actually do audibles without talking, and we would have plays like that, just like like um, for the bad coaches who would show you your signals four <laughs> three undercover two. I would have simple uh, signals that I would talk to the guys with to shorten the calls. So. I would talk to Webster, not with words, but with, with uh, hand signals. Incredible. Leave, yeah. leave it right that. Yeah, I mean, you, do ha- you really do have to be Mensa-level brilliant to, to take all of that in, remember all of the nuances to all of That's one play call. Right. You know, in an average game plan, what would you have, 40? Uh, you, well, 
You would you run about 65 plays. You would have I, I would go in 80 to 100 plays. But it was imperative that you were able to actually manipulate the other team. So you, I would tell guys what the, on the other team what the play was. You know, they just don't believe you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but did and you, you, ever... tell them enough, you tell them enough, yeah. and then eventually they believe you. That's the time you lied. Yeah. <laughs> that is so great. That's good mind games yeah, right there. Always... Oh, the mental, the mental aspect yeah. of it really is in play. Oh, there's no doubt. With DBs, yeah. you would tell them. You would tell them the plays. I, I've heard that. You, so you hear all the time that Larry Bird used to do that on the basketball court, yeah. that he would tell guys, hey, on this next play, I'm going to do this. I'm going to step back and a jumper right in your eye. All right. Like I tell you, you studied all week to do a breakdown of the play and yeah. what's going to happen. He's running a bomb on you right now. <laughs> It's coming. Okay, it's coming. And now he's got to decide. Is that oh, yeah, true he's or not? lying. Oh, yeah. he's, and it would be a bomb, yeah. but he wouldn't know. <laughs> coming up on overtime, I'm going to share the story that I shared off the air with some of these guys. But no, I don't think anybody on the panel has heard this yet about what about a call I made to 911 this morning. Also, DJ has really? his wow. new song. Has got oh, we're playing in overtime? Yes, sir. Well, then you better hurry up and become a coach's tier member, 499, if you want to see has his video which is just out i guess we haven't seen it yet see you hey prime members you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.